Preparing scopes of work are an important part of the renovation process. And when we are renovating professionally, we need to operate in a way that reduces the risk of mistakes and makes our life easier and our projects run smoothly. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, renovators. It's Bernadette. And today I am here with a solo episode. This is a teaching episode. And what I'm going to be doing is giving you some of the magic of scopes of work. Now, preparing scopes of work are an important part of the renovation process. And when we are renovating professionally, we need to look at our work as a business and we need to operate in a way that reduces the risk of mistakes and makes our life easier and our projects run smoothly. I know that this is a subject that baffles many renovators. I notice with the people that come through our training that some do struggle with this. So I'm going to be shedding some light on the subject today. But before I do that, I want to tell you about an exciting new feature that we have introduced this week. Now, James, our marketing guru, has told me that he wants me to connect more with our listeners so that we can be more specific when we're answering your questions. So we attempt to select topics that we think will appeal to you, but we've decided to go directly to the horse's mouth. And this is an idea that he picked up from the Seth Godin podcast, and the idea comes from an authoritative source. And so what it is, is a button on our website where if you have a specific question that you would like to ask about renovating, you can go to the website and actually ask that question. So Where you find it is you go to the podcast page. So when you come to the homepage, go to the top right-hand corner, click the She Renovates podcast. It will bring you to the podcast page. And on the page, it is the top article. And its title is, What's Your Reno Question? And then right next to it is a button that says, Start Recording. And you can just ask me your question in your own words and then it will be sent through to me. The other place that you'll find the button is actually in the top right-hand side of the top banner. So two spots for that little coral-coloured button. And so I'm really excited to see what questions you come up with. So please use it so that we can, I guess, assess how effective it is and start answering some of your questions. Okay, so let's get back into scopes of work. Now, what is a scope of work? Basically, it's a document that outlines the work that you want a particular trade to complete on your project. So firstly, I'll give you a really quick rundown on why you should not skip the scope of work step. And then I will outline the three main sections in a well-written scope of work. And just as a little extra, 
I will have a download for you, a checklist to help you when preparing your scopes of work. So you might ask why go to this bother? Why not just call in the trade and talk through the project and tell them there and then? And the reason is simple and it's because so that you have a documented record of what you're asking each trade to do. Now this is important for a few reasons. Firstly, so that you're comparing apples with apples because otherwise you're leaving the project up to the trade's interpretation of what you've asked and that can mean that one trade will include aspects that another trade won't and so then when you come to compare the prices, you're not comparing the same amount of work. The second reason is to take any ambiguity out of that section of work so it's really clear what you are asking them to do and what they need to be quoting on. And the third reason is so you have a written record of what has been quoted on so that when you are further down the project and there's any queries about what they've included in their price or what they should be supplying, it is written and it's very clear. Now, technically, the scope of work should form part of the contract once you've signed the contract with the trade. Now, just before we move into this, if you were doing a major project and you were using an architect and then you were engaging a builder, technically, if you have a main contractor on a project, you don't need to worry about the scopes of work. The the contractor or the builder, that's his department. But we're talking about a cosmetic plus renovation. So the type of renovation that we do to produce a profit where we may have a builder come in and do some work. However, we're going to be generally managing our trades. Okay, so let's get into it. So there's three main sections to a scope of work. Firstly, you want to give them some information about the project. And I'll go into the details of that in a minute. And the second thing is to set the standard for the work on your project so that they're meeting minimum standards. And the third reason is in order to detail the work to be done. So give a list of tasks that you want that trade to do. Okay, so let's get into it. Information about the project. So firstly, you want to outline the project. So what the project is, for instance, it's a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house, and let's say you're increasing it to two bedrooms, expanding the floor plan, and you're doing this, you're renovating this property to sell for a profit. So it's important to relay that information so that they understand what the objective of the build is and can approach it accordingly. Now, I've had people say to me, do you tell them that you're planning to sell it? Will that mean that they do a poor quality job? And that is, so no, that can't mean that they do a poor quality job, but it does mean that they are mindful, more mindful of your budget than they probably would normally be. And so you need to be relaying to them that this project is very cost sensitive and they will realise when they read further through the scope that you want, you're not willing to compromise on the quality of it. So the second thing is to talk about 
communication um, details. So who's the project manager? If you've got a site manager, who's on site with phone num numbers and ways of contacting you? How they will access the site? the hours of work on the site. So often if you've had to get council approval for a section of work, that will stipulate the hours of work. If you're in an apartment building, the owner's corporation will stipulate the hours of work. And you also need to um, meet the local government area requirements around noise. So all of that goes in there so they know exactly where they stand. For instance, if they can't work on weekends and they're expecting to, that can impact their workflow. So I've mentioned that you include the objective. The other thing that you include is the time frame of the project so that they're really clear about when you will need them to be on board. Now, often when you're at this stage, you're not exactly sure when you're going to be starting. You may not have approval. So what you can then say is you can include a copy of your program, but the start date is determined by when you get approval. So that forms the initial information that you would share with your trades so that they're clear about what you're doing it for and some of those details around that will affect them. Then the second part of the scope of work is setting the standard of work on your project. Firstly, you will want to let them know that you want them to do their work according to the laws of the state and the country. So usually what we do is have some statements in there around the relevant legislation to our renovation and our location. So you will do that there so they're really clear that you're not going to accept something that's shoddy. The second thing that you'll want to do is to let them know what documentation you'll need from them, certificates of currency for insurance, what licensing documentation. Let them know that all in the scope so that they can be, get, be getting details ready. A lot of trades are really organised and they have it up on a website so you just go to a link and download it all but others don't even have the required insurance covers and documentation. So if you let them know now, then you can weed them out rather than going down the road of having them price a project and then find that they're not adequately covered. And the third thing that you would include in this is how you want them to deal with waste, you know, what the parameters are around that. For instance, Often, if I'm working in an area that's particularly challenging in terms of access, I will say that they need to not leave any waste. That is not always that successful. Usually you end up with stuff because they are just so used to going to sites and mixing up a whole lot of mud to render and then leaving the surplus at the site and then you're left to deal with this massive amount of concrete. Yeah, just be specific about it, that you want to separate out the recycling materials and how you're going to deal with it. Are you going to have a skip bin or are you going to have deliveries? How you're going to be managing waste and what you expect of them. So it's not unreasonable to ask, if you've got a skip bin, to ask them to stack it neatly in the bin. Because if you just let them throw everything in willy-nilly, you'll fill up a skip bin in no time flat. Whereas if it's stacked fairly space efficiently, you can get a lot more into the skip and that can amount to quite a bit of money. Yeah, so be specific about how you want them to manage the waste. And then the third section is the details about the work to be done. 
So in this section, you want to list exactly what tasks you want each trade to complete. Actually, we've got a new process now where that all happens in our feasibility template. We have a planning tab on it. And the great thing about that is as you're working through the property, you can go room by room, you can list absolutely everything that needs to be done in that room and then filter it out by trade. It just makes preparing scopes a lot better. That was an idea, compliments of Kate Potter, one of our Wonder Women. Thank you, Kate. But yeah, so list one after the other all the things that you want that trade to do. Be specific about whether it's just the work that you want them to do or whether you want to supply materials and do the work, so supply and install. If they are supplying the materials, you need to be very specific about what materials they're supplying. So they're called specifications and you want to include exactly what brand, what colour and so on. And if you are materials yourself, you will want to specify what you're um, supplying as well. So I usually have a list on the scope for each trade that specifies exactly what I'm going to supply to that project. So they're clear about what they're going to have to order. And that's pretty much it with what goes into a scope of work. Of course, you do one per trade. And then I also accompany any plans, any obviously specifications and also the program that maps out the time frame for the trade. So they're really clear about when you want them at the project, where they are placed in the schedule of work. When you send these to the, to the trades, you will have, some will turn up to quote, they will have the scope and all the documents there, they will have been through them with a fine tooth comb and will be completely across the job. Others will turn up and they'll be saying, what documents? They won't have even picked them up off their email. But that's fine because unfortunately there's no rule of thumb about which is the better trade. Like I tend to think someone more organised is usually better, but I've had people that really do fly by the seat of their pants and still deliver really well. So I wouldn't make any judgments on that. But you do want to make sure that when you are when you are sealing the deal that it reflects the details of the scope of work. So you do have that written account of what's what's to be done and what they're supplying and what you're supplying. So at the end of the day, there aren't any arguments. And if there are, you have some written proof to resolve them. So that's my piece on scopes of work today. Now, before I go, I would like to ask you, if you've not left us a review, please head over to Apple Podcasts. I have to keep checking myself. I go to say iTunes, but it's now called Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and tell us what you think about the podcast. Also, try our new ask a question button. I'd love to have some questions that I can test out next week. Oh, I should update you on where we're at. We settled on the class project this week. So we have Newcastle project getting ready to go. Of course, we're in full lockdown, which provides some challenges, but I think we'll be okay. I am mentoring one of our students through that project. That's Kerry Mills. So I'm very grateful for the fact that Kerry is local and I'm really looking forward to see, firstly, how 
Kerry goes through this project, but secondly, what she does next. So I think it's a great opportunity for her and I know that she's really savouring it. But, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's going to be fun. Lots more going on, but I won't go into it too much this week. That's it for me today and I'll see you again next week. Take care. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.